Hello and welcome back to Me, Myself and I. My name is Charlene McClendon and I'm a licensed professional counselor. The information that I will be sharing during this podcast is for informational and educational purpose only and is not to be used in lieu of mental health treatment. In our first episode of Me, Myself and I, I discussed the importance of having a relationship with yourself, why you should develop that relationship with yourself. But also I discussed what are some of the keys to building that relationship with yourself. I shared with you all six important keys to building a relationship with you. And those keys are safety, trust, stability, acceptance, patience, and love. When you establish those six keys with yourself, you start to develop that relationship with yourself. Also, during the um, episode one, I also gave a little bit more insight into um, the importance of a relationship with yourself. Today, during episode two, I am going to talk about the challenges to having a relationship with yourself, right? When we don't understand why and what is happening to us, it's hard for us then to have answers to it. I often say we need to become a forensic of our lives, right? We want to do a forensic on what's happening to us, what has happening to us. And when we identify that, then we can start to build the healthy relationship, but in turn, start to make different decisions for ourselves and the things we want. So today in talking about what are the challenges to having a relationship with yourself, Let's jump in, all right? Building a relationship with yourself can be extremely beautiful. It can be loving and it can be exciting, but also it can be challenging, right? Relationships are all of those things, whether it's with other people or with ourselves. But many times what happens, right, our relationships are built on how we feel, our emotions and our feelings. And when that happens, it can become skewed. It becomes skewed how we see ourselves. Feelings and emotions are often used interchangeably, but they are very different things, right? Feelings are connected to our thoughts and the stories we tell ourselves about events, about people, and even about ourselves, right? And emotions are a reaction in our bodies to the stories we tell ourselves. So remember, feelings are the stories we tell ourselves about an event, about people, and about ourselves, where emotions are the reaction in our bodies to the stories we tell ourselves, right? For this reason, that can make us become damaged, right? When we develop a relationship with ourselves because we're just looking through this lens of um, either emotions or our feelings. And when that happens, we can start to... um, view our values and uh, and pick up other people's biases and the trauma and pain we experience. And then we start to get a little comparison in there. Then we got some grief and then we can have some resentment. And so when we're talking about the challenges today into why it's hard for us to have a relationship with ourselves, we're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about our value, um, biases that we receive, trauma and pain, comparison, how we compare ourselves, even grief, right? How we experience things that have happened to us, but also the resentment for that. So let's get started. Let's start with value. Value is connected to the belief in the importance and the worth and the usefulness of something. 
when you see a value through a lens, right, whether it's performances or material things, or it can be uh, positions or other people's opinions, your value can become skewed because when you're performing material things, positions, and other people's views of you, right, all of that is outside of you. Let's look at it this way. Say when you were growing up, you may have only received praise and compliments when you performed, right? You did a great task or you may have played sports and you were seen as the big person um, around the neighborhood or in the parks or at school, right? If your only time and you receive any kind of accolades or any kind or even was seen or adored was based on your performance, right? What happened is you learn for yourself that, man, I'm only seeing when I'm good at something. I'm only valued when I'm good at something. People only notice me when I'm good at something. And so what happens then, you start to exist in that place, right? And when you start to exist in that place, you only exist the outside of you. You're not existing inside of you. Remember, we all got talents and gifts. Some things come to us easily and some things take no brain to do. But in doing those things, that doesn't mean that's all of who you are, right? So when you're sharing yourself, you know, with others, with your families and social and work environments, if you only talk about yourself through your accomplishments, whether, you know, you bought a new house, you bought a car, or you went on this vacation, or you talk about yourself only through your roles, right? Whether you're a wife or a husband, a partner or a parent, what happens is you're only talking about yourself and valuing seeing yourself outside of you. And when that happens, then you're not connected to you, resulted in you not developing a relationship with you, right? And that can lead to performance or your roles and responsibilities being the greatest pieces of you that you give away, which then don't allow people to get to see who you are. The next thing we're going to talk a little bit about is biases. Biases are a prejudice, right, in favor or against. It can be people, it can be a group of individual, it can be a thing. When we look through the lenses of relationship, you can also you can often view yourself based on other people's definitions, right? Their beliefs, their biases of you. And when this happens, right, it can start to affect how you see you. And these biases can start anywhere. It can start in your childhood. It can start in your adulthood. And it can be connected to your environment, right? Your situations that you might experience and also the stories that you tell yourselves. But also it can be based on other people's lens of you, right? It can be your parents. It can be your grandparents, caregivers, teachers, friends, all of those different people, important relationships, right, can create biases and they can give those biases to you. And when they do give those biases to you, right, it can become the definition of how you see yourself, right? And when it becomes the definition of how you see yourself, then your belief in yourself and how you see yourself and how you accept yourself is through someone else's lens. It's outside of you. It is not connected to you. And we want to be careful of that because when we are constantly operating outside of ourselves, we are then disconnected from ourselves, right? But also remember, you can develop your own biases 
um, towards yourself. You can develop your biases towards yourself based on when you're looking at somebody else's life and you're trying to figure out how they got it and you didn't and what's wrong with you. And then you can start to speak negatively of yourself. Then you can start to create your own biases, which then keeps you disconnected from yourself. And we want to be careful of that. The next thing we're going to start and talk about is trauma and pain. Yes, those are um, big words that are being shared around on social media and around in the world. Trauma is something that alters the original self, right? It can do be due to stressful situation or distressing situations, right? Uh, it can be, it can happen to us once or it can happen to us multiple times, right? And trauma can be introduced to us at any stage of our lives. And when it is introduced to us, it shapes the relationship that we have to with ourselves because then we start to look at ourselves through a different lens. Just like with pain, pain is universal to each one of us. Everybody experiences pain, but how we move through the pain and beyond the pain is unique to us. And when we don't recognize that the way we handle and engage in pain is different than someone else, then we can start to mimic other people's view of pain and how they operate in the pain. Because pain is unique to us, right? We have to develop a different type of tool we need to work through the pain. And when we do that, right, then we often start to heal through that pain. If you engage in all your relationship based on only your definitions of pain, what happens is then you disconnect to you, with you, but also you disconnect to the world, right? Your pain becomes your filter. It becomes your filter of how you see the world, how you see you, how you hear, how you show up, how you engage in relationship. It even affects your working environment, your social environment, and your families, right? Pain can become your navigation system, and it can constantly be affecting your decision makings and affecting how you communicate. So we want to be mindful that trauma and pain is another important challenge that can affect how you develop that relationship with yourself. Remember, all of the um, challenges I've talked about before, the value, your biases, and the trauma and pain, when you think about those things, they operate outside of us. But what we want to do is to be able to identify them outside of us, but we want to be able to heal them from inside of us. Because when we heal them from inside of us, what we do is we start to heal us from the inside out, which then allows us to develop that relationship with ourselves. And let's start and go to the next one, which is comparison. Comparison can be the thief to your original self, right? Because it causes you to devalue yourself based on someone else's worth, right? It causes you to see everything and everyone else as worthiness based on what they have and what they're doing, right? It can be defined as a quality of being equivalent to something or to someone, right? Think about it when we look at the culture today. You know, we're being conditioned to be either faster, smarter, or prettier, right? It has created this culture that anxiety and depression and low self-esteem, loneliness, and a lack of confidence is kind of running rampant, right? Because we're constantly trying to mimic 
a measure up to someone else. And remember in uh, podcast number one, I talked about, right? We are an original being. Being that you're an original being, you cannot be like anyone else. No matter how much we try to mimic or follow someone as a blueprint, it will never yield the same results for us because we are our own original. And comparison robs us of being able to see our original selves, right? Because we're always looking outside of ourselves opposed to looking inside of ourselves. When we are able to look inside of ourselves, then we're able to see our worth, but also we're able to see our originality, right? Comparison offers you a worth of yourself based on someone else's original self. Remember, again, just like the other challenges, comparison, when it operates outside of us, it creates that anxiety and it creates that depression and low self-esteem and loneliness and lack of uh, confidence. But when we operate inside of us, we're not competing with anyone but ourselves. We're only looking at ourselves. We're only looking at ourselves and what we accomplish and what we can do. All right. So let's move into grief. And grief is something that we all experience at some times in our lives, but it can be challenging to identify because oftentimes grief is only viewed to the loss of a loved one or item. But really grief can be experienced due to disappointment, loss of dreams and hopes, and that we thought things could be different, right? You may have been... Um, and for that reason, when we don't give Greece the space it's need, right, to be able to understand what's happening to us, then what happens is we kind of become stuck. In this climate and in this world, right, we've been conditioned to get over things, right? Keep moving. You know, it, it happened to mama. It happened to me. It happened to you. Just keep get going on, right? The You always hear, well, the world is still turning, so you got to keep going. That is true, right? But also, we need the allotment of time and space to acknowledge, heal, and value the loss. We want to be able to say, man, this is a loss. Acknowledge it. Then we want to heal from it. Then we want to validate what we lost. We need that sacred space to be able to give ourselves time to honor what we feel, to honor the challenging time we've had honor the thoughts and emotions we experience due to the law, right? Grief can be challenging in developing a relationship with you because you don't give grace or space to any mistakes you've experienced. The unknowing you don't know, right? Unhealthy behaviors, things that, that when you look at towards yourself, you judge yourself harshly on, right? Because again, the disappointment, the loss of the dreams, the loss of hopes that things could be different, right? We want to be able to have space for it. It doesn't mean you get stuck in it. It means that you get to acknowledge, man, that that was a hard time. Right. You might have had a relationship that um, was um, from the outside. Everybody said that the person was bad for you. They always was hurting you. And, you know, it was a very unhealthy relationship. All of those things could be absolutely true. But it doesn't mean that you don't still give space for it. Right. Because even in hurtful and harmful relationship. When you think about it, people still have a hope that the relationship can be different, that the person can be different. And when that relationship ends, it is grief that 
it didn't happen the way you hoped for. And being able to have a space and also have a village that allows you to grieve that, then allows you to heal that and allows you to move on the other side of it. So it's very important to be able to identify what your grief is, but then to make sacred space to be able to experience and honor the feelings of what you lost. The last value we're going to, the last challenge we're going to talk about today is resentment. And resentment is a very powerful emotion, right? It grows with our experience, with our stories and violations that we encounter. You know, resentment is defined as the displeasure of acts of personal violation. Resentment can also become a form of anger. Oftentimes, increasing with healing, when healing is not present or identified, resentment keeps telling the story over and over, right? Our emotions and our feelings keep becoming charged, more and more charged. The more we keep reliving the stories, and a lot of times we keep telling the stories over and over, right? Because we have a hope that someone else will validate our experience. We want someone to validate we experienced a loss. We were disappointed. We experienced a hurtful thing. And when that doesn't happen, right, a lot of times it causes us this, a separation to happen. And when that separation happens, a lot of times we're separating from us, right? Resentment grows when the blame of an incident is only focused on the person who hurts you. It doesn't mean you don't acknowledge that you were hurt by, by that person, but when you're focusing only on that person, then what happens is you have little room to see you or even to heal you because the story is on the offender and what they did to you. And that's rightfully so. But when your focus is only on your, that person or that incident outside of you, you don't get to see you. So when we don't see us, guess what? We don't have space and we don't heal us. We want to be able to see us and heal us even in hurtful things. And when we don't see us, then how could we truly heal us, right? Right? Because resentment can cause you to operate outside of yourself, right? And then when you're separate from yourself, healing cannot happen. Remember, healing operates on the inside of you, which leads you to connect to you. That's what a relationship with you is, right? It's when you connect to you, you get to know, know who you are, you get to own you, you understand your originality, you understand the good, bad, ugly, ugly of who you are, right? We want to be able to stay connected to ourselves. But when hurtful, painful, and disappointing incident happens, and then you operate out yourself, it leads you to disconnect from yourself, right? And when that happens, it affects how or if a relationship with you is ever, ever developed. And we want to be able to recognize these challenges I talked about today and be able to think about, man, are these challenges or some of the challenges I'm experiencing, which is affecting me being able to develop the relationship with myself? It's important. It could be either one of these challenges I talked about today, or it can be other challenges. The important piece to it is to be able to recognize what is keeping you from having that relationship with yourself, identifying, and then giving definition to it as you identify it. And then after you identify it, then come up with a plan of how do I move on the other side of it? What do I need to move on the other side of it so I can then have this relationship with myself?
As we come to the end of the second episode of Me, Myself, and I, How to Have a Relationship with Me, and we talked about challenges, I want to leave you with this quote. This quote is by Carl Jung, and it says, there's no greater burden on a child than the unlived life of a parent. Again, Carl Jung, there is no greater burden on a child than the unlived life of a parent. I want you to think about all of the things we talk, I've talked about today, the challenges, the value, biases, trauma and pain, um, comparison, grief and resentment. Then I want you to think about the statement of Carl Jung, there's no greater burden on the child than the unlived life of a parent. Think about your relationship with your parents and think about those challenges. And I want you to think about, are those challenges things that you've developed on your own or are those challenges things that were passed down to you? And if they were passed down to you, right, were they passed down to you because your parent was in a space in their life where they did not have an unlived life, right? And because their unlived lives, it became a burden to you. This doesn't mean that you had bad parents because there's no perfect parents. I am not saying that at all because there's no perfect parents. Because we don't have parents and we have parents who have experienced life, sometimes we forget that they have experienced life. We only see them through the lens of a parent. We don't see them through the lens as a man and a woman who have experienced life. Just like you're experiencing life, you're learning how to navigate life for yourself on your own as an individual. The same is true for your parents. Even though at the end of the day, they are your parents, they were first a man and a woman. And because they were first a man and a woman, right, they were living a life. And sometimes in the midst of them living a life, they didn't get a chance to live it. And for that reason, they unintentionally passed down some burdens to you. But the great thing is you get to identify the, what those burdens are. You get to make a different decision for yourself and you get to create something different for yourself, leading you to develop a relationship with yourself that can allow you to grow beyond anything you thought, but also can allow you to walk in your originality based on who you were called to be. So thank you again for joining me for episode two of Me, Myself, and I. And I hope today that I left you with something and that caused you to just think, right, that a seed was planted for you to think about, man, let me really understand and see and identify what are the challenges to me developing that relationship with me. And as always, be good to yourself because it's only one of you. Thank you.